I've got some questions for all of you. No. Ooh, all I right. like that. I, I don't. I was so excited and then so disappointed. I'm so uh, sorry. I can think of some questions for you, Georgia. Okay. Okay. I'm waiting. First one. How dare you? <laughs> Wait, that's not a question. That's your, that's your question for everything, though. It is if you put a question mark at the end. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> it's all about the way that you <laughs> inflect. Uh, oh, uh, boy. Hi there, and welcome to Isometric Gaming with Perspective. This episode of Isometric is brought to you by Clockwise Studios, and we will tell you all about them later. For now, I am joined by the champion of Canada, uh, Games Boss <laughs> at Giant Space, Capriano Wu. How you doing, Bray? You know, a license to kill is also a license not to kill. That's very deep. That's very true. <laughs> that's very, that's, very deep. That's, that's why you have to have operatives out there. You can't rely on just the, you know, pushing a button drone warfare. You need trained people to make the tough calls. I, I'm, I'm blown away by the depth of that statement. And I, I think we might just have to wrap up here and that's it. I, th- I don't know how we're, where we're going to go from here, to be honest. License not to kill. But is that one really as much fun? I'm just asking. Huh. Are you, well, are you speaking from personal experience, Georgia Dow? <laughs> no. No. Uh, How's your husband these days? The requirements for getting a license to kill in Canada are far easier because no one there actually wants to do it. So I think that what happened was Georgia moved from our country to Canada to get a license to kill so that she could live out her fantasy of a serial killer. <gasps> oh, I'm being maligned. I'm being maligned. <laughs> but is it unjust? Oh, I never said that. But. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, so so I have, I have I have a bone to pick with you. You know, you 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 claim to be a, a licensed therapist, right? <laughs> is is this true? Maybe not for much longer if she keeps doing the show with us. Oh, but right. yeah, we're up to ninety seven so episodes, and I don't think I'm any more mentally healthy than episode one. In fact, I think it could be worse. <laughs> Have I made you worse through all the I think I think you have. I think you're I think the technical term is enabler. <laughs> I think you're an enabler of some very destructive psychological tendencies. And yeah. I think you should think about that. I I think that we we have definitely done some laugh therapy and laughter is a sexual healing. Um yeah. and uh we have gone through um some dark moments, some tough moments. And the Breach Act episode. So taking that on its own, I would say that, um, you know, we have all been healing for each other, if nothing else. Oh, I've healed you. I'm helping you mentally, Georgia, right now. (laughs) You always make me laugh. That does help. I do. Uh, I do. You always say that about me. I don't ever really interpret it as a comment, uh, like a a compliment, because it's like, you always make me laugh. And it's like, you know, like, (laughs) like, I don't even know how to interpret that. Like, like most people talk to me and they're like, oh, Brianna, you inspire me. Thank you for standing up for my daughter. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for shipping such a great game. I bet. Wow. That article you wrote really moved me thanks for doing that george's like (laughs) (laughs) i think that that is i think that is the utmost of compliments all right i agree someone told me i think so i think that that's something i very few people can make me really laugh that is really you seem really easy to make laugh yeah 
Anyway, anyway, I, I guess know. we should introduce uh, senior editor and I more and psychotherapist and orc freedom enabler Georgia Dow. How you doing, Georgia? Freedom enabler. It's, it is true. This is something that needs to to happen. Just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure though? I. I how many lights I are there, think Georgia? So. Sorry, pardon. What? How, ma- how many lights? To- how many lights are there? In in the world? Oh come on! This in is like the one Star room? Trek reference I know, and you're not even going to give that to me for God's sake. Really? This is a Star Trek reference? Yes. From when Picard was getting tortured. That's like the one episode I know. Oh, I don't. Oh. <laughs> that one was not as uh, salient. I guess. Sorry. The one time I let you down. I'm I'm so disappointed. I I, I don't even. I don't even. Yeah. There's there's. Uh, Georgia, say something witty. <laughs> and I'm, what am I now? What am I? Have I have I now gotten into like I'm now a dancing show monkey? Perform <laughs> for, for me, Georgia. You seem Make to just be giggling all show Make today. Me laugh. Like yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is Make this. Me Laugh, starring Georgia Dow. And right, right. Uh, so you we also be good at that game show. We also have a senior editor at Newsy.com, Micah Sargent, who is witness to all of this nonsense. How are you doing, Micah? There are four lights. Thank you. Yeah, Thank that's you. how it's done. That's how it's done. Thank you, Micah, for bringing back the geek credibility of our show that Georgia <laughs> Dow is single-handedly uh, brewing. Georgia that. Dow is a fake geek girl. <laughs> that's true. <gasps> wow. That's true. Oh, oh. That's true. Though that's them, them's fighting words. Them's <laughs> I, I take it back. I take it back. Words. Take it oh, back. this is uh, it's going. It's going down. That's no, all I'm saying. It's because I will down. go down. Let, and me, I can't. let me ask you something only a real geek girl would know, Georgia. <gasps> oh, what was the name of the ship on Star Trek? <laughs> the Starship M- Enterprise? No, it's <laughs> Voyager. It's Voyager. Fake geek girl. Total fake geek girl. Oh, Very shit. disappointed in you. I thought it was the Millennium Falcon. Oh, oh gosh. Steve, uh, I can drive to your house at any point tonight. I, and don't, I have before. And I will again. I got he nothing better before. to do. Yeah. She has. She I, know, I know. I know. I lived I way too close. Way too close for comfort. Yeah. I feel so uh, oh, I have I have some follow-up from last week because um do my you? daughter challenged me in Hearthstone today. Um, there's this tavern brawl mode that is basically like they throw out all the rules and it's just fun. So I, I have a deck. They make you build a separate deck for it. So I just kind of had a weird deck and I was doing okay. I was, I was, Brie, I was listening to your wise advice and stringing her along and letting her stay in the game until, um, she destroyed one of my creatures and then used the sorry emote passive aggressively. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh i and, like her and then uh then the gloves kind of came off <laughs> and and our archmage archmage at tonight has had to uh teach her a couple of lessons about politeness but uh i was doing okay wow. until then until until then but she's uh she's learning to trash talk with the best of them apparently so <laughs> Yeah, I I seem to remember what kids were like in junior high, and I, I I'm psychic. And I foresee in your future, yeah, a worse experience from your daughter than getting a sorry emote sarcastic. Yeah, oh, no. I just I sense it. I sense it. I could be wrong. I don't know. I, 
Oh, She's dear. been asking me to play Heroes of the Storm, and I I am terrified to do it, but I'm going to have to relent sooner or later. That's going to be very, very interesting. So, because that then they can actually like type at you and stuff, and I I don't know, but <laughs> <laughs> she's going to take you down. Yeah, knock um, you down, a pig. What so, you want to do is shield your children from reality just forever, Steve. Yeah. That's all you got to do. It's the way to do it. Oh, my. my parents did that for me. So growing up, <laughs> I was not allowed to see uh, anything of witchcraft in it, mm-hmm. like uh, Heroes uh, Masters of the Universe, because that's mm-hmm. not biblical. Sorry, yeah. I just uh, wanted to say yeah? we now have the Brie Medal of Honor. Wow. That's yes. Tough. What is it? What is it? You gotta, I clicked it into this. <laughs> I put it Whoa. down. Whoa. Good work. Thank Who did you. this? Wow. I, I did? Yeah. Okay. That, like that's it. very congressional. Like oh, there are even <laughs> stars around your face. I got, we should probably talk about something of yeah. substance tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Or I, not. Well, really quickly, or not. I just want to agree with you, Brie. Same thing. Yeah. Like yeah. nothing with witchcraft, nothing with dragons, nothing. Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. much all of it. That's why out. we both turned out as clones of each other. Yeah. <laughs> Same personality. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're pretty much like twins, really, if you That's think right. about it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, that seems like the sorry emote, the sarcastic sorry emote, Micah. I'm not, I'm I have not no idea what you're up. talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea okay. what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about video games, I guess. So we can um, we can talk about this Skylanders thing that happened this past week. Well, it'll be we're recording a little bit early because. Uh, Brie is going off to be a rock star at South by Southwest. So wow. we are. Thanks for spoiling the time differential. You're breaking the fourth wall. I, I'm I'm actually traveling back and forth through time in my podcast TARDIS. Is what I'm doing. Oh, okay. Oh. So it might be the future. It might the be the chances past. are as you're listening to this. Um, I'm kicking off South by Southwest. And I have to tell you, I am like a tiger in a cage. So chances are I'm going to be all over news media. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even joking because it's going down. is a rage like a tire in it's going down and i've stayed silent about a lot of the stuff leading up to south by southwest um including some very disturbing uh frankly ways that black people were kept out of south by southwest programming and we're it's all going to come out on stage so you look forward to (laughs) i'm gonna be in the news cycle a bit next week it's gonna be great so you're basically gonna be the chris rock of south by southwest is what you're saying we're gonna see what i mean i'm just there to support my friends so uh yeah we'll see how that goes okay it'll be great i hate conflict Awesome. awesome good for you so uh, anyway, so that that whole timing thing is to say that this happened probably like two weeks ago by the time you're listening to this, but it's uh, it's fairly recent when we're recording this, that Activision made an announcement that Skylanders was going to be participating in an autism awareness campaign, this Light It Up Blue campaign. They're going to be releasing two special characters in blue and white, which are the colors of the campaign, and two of the vehicles because Skylanders Superchargers has... Uh, all the characters have cars that they race around in, so the two of the characters' cars will also be in blue and white. And I, I saw a lot of reporting about this on the day that it came out, which is on the 29th, and a lot of it was very, uh, very positive. And, and which is not to say that it's, autism awareness is not necessarily a good thing, but I saw a lot of this is an awesome thing that they're doing, and that was pretty much the end of the reporting. And I, I kind of wanted to have a conversation here. Um, being a dad of kids with autism who this 
would basically be the target market for why I'm not super happy about this campaign and why I think that it's kind of a missed opportunity. Because they're they've they've created four toys, yeah, that you can purchase, right? And then, and and how does that help? Is there are they funding something? How much money is going to it? We have no idea. And that's that's okay. the that's the interesting thing is that they've said in the press release that they're going to be instituting some uh, you know awareness. Uh, training at Activision, and they're going to be making some non-specified donations to some non-specified charities that uh, participate in autism awareness. But they haven't actually come out and said what those charities are, or if and even any of the proceeds are going to be going to that. Which uh, you know is is would be nice if they were a little bit more forthcoming with that. Yeah. So they're they're having training at Activision. Yeah. To what? To help to, make games more inclusive, to well, I think to make their employ their workplace more inclusive, I think is what it is 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 autism awareness within the workplace for adults that are dealing with autism, for adults that have children that have autism, for presumably I don't the, yeah, it, it's very the 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 press release was very non-specific. You know, if you're buying one of these figures, it's not really clear. What money is – if any of that money is actually going to be going to autism, you know, hmm. autism charities and, and furthermore, which autism charities they would be going to. Now, it's it, – they're partnering with Autism Speaks, which uh, is not a particularly beloved charity within the autism community because they're, they're – <laughs> That's such an understatement, I, Steve. I'd be very diplomatic. <laughs> I'd be very diplomatic right now. Yeah. You know, Autism Awareness Day was started, and Autism Awareness Month was started by the Autism Society, which is, which is a, a organization that generally looks to try to improve the lives of people who are living with autism and, and who are on the autism spectrum. Autism Speaks is treats autism more like a disease that needs to be cured, it, and and so most of their money and their efforts go toward that. And one could argue that they're responsible for uh, some of the the scaremongering that was going on around autism that's led to some of the vaccine stuff that's happened over the past couple of years also. They kind of perpetuated the stereotype that, you know, people with autism are being lost, per se, as opposed to that they're just different and that society needs to be more inclusive to try to you know, accommodate that not everybody's brain works the same way, but they are looking, they're more interested in treatment and in curing autism, you know, before the child is born or before the child, you know, is stricken with it, I guess, if you wanted to go, go that way. Can um, I try to phrase it as like some of my friends have said? It, sure, Steve? go ahead. Just, just to be super clear about this. So this happens with a lot of different kind of stories out there in the media that um, like, for instance, transgender stories are usually told uh, like on Transparent. It kind of looks at the issue through the lens of the cisgender people that yeah. are affected by it, yeah. which understandably frustrates a lot of you know transgender people. Autism awareness is very, very much that same problem because you have this organization that's gained a bunch of credibility but it's it's so ironic that it's called autism speaks when people with autism never get to speak and you're right that they what i you know i'm neurotypical but a phrase i hear from my friends over and over is it does seem to treat it like uh autism is a disease that needs to be wiped out rather than, you know, prejudice towards, you know, people with autism being the central problem. So 
it's it's a very controversial charity. And, you know, it is one that has a lot of corporate support. But I think if you went and actually talked to people out there that were living with autism, I think you would very, very quickly find some people that were kind of angry at it, to yeah. be honest. There are, there are some people who will go so far as to say that they're profiting off of autism, which is um, – I mean – they're they're raising money to the, even when in the press release it's saying that they are an organization dedicated to funding research into the causes, preventions, treatment, and a cure for autism. But uh, you know, if you if you talk to anybody, you know, I mean, autism is not a disease like breast cancer, where because the Coleman Foundation does something similar every October, right? You go, you turn on a football game, and everything's pink, and. The difference is that breast cancer is a disease that is contracted, you know, in life and then is terminal. And there mm-hmm. are things that you can do to try to, you know, if you catch it early, you can you can get it into remission before it gets to that point. So there's a there's an important awareness component to that as well as this is a terminal disease that you know you need to raise money for and you need to cl- and you need to cure. Autism is not that. Autism is like my kids are not broken. My kids are not right. going to die because of autism. My kids are happy, you know, they're they're not, you know, mute and they're not, you know, sitting in a chair just kind of rocking back and forth like you see a lot of the extreme examples that come up with a lot of these autism awareness things. Like oh, my kids you would not know if you walked up to them unless and until they had some sort of a reaction to something sensory. They started crying at something that you wouldn't expect them to be crying at, which is the way that that my daughter's autism typically will become apparent. But if you're just having a conversation with them, you wouldn't know. And they are not that's not something that I would want to cure them of. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what makes them them. You know what I mean? So and I think that that's and I think that that's what a lot of, you know, a lot of people look at autism speaks and they say and they see that this this is what they're trying to do. And it's like they're trying to change them. or They're trying to, quote unquote, fix them when they're not broken. Well, and that prevention of thing is kind of worrisome because then again, it's it's can you even prevent autism like that? That gets me uh, nervous because it's so close to the anti-vaxxers kind of campaign. And that's uh, not something that I want to contribute any money to. So that's, yeah, that's a little troubling. I, I, I guess I would say this, Steve. And, you know, I'm I'm 100% on board with you. Like this, if they'd done four seconds of research, um, you know, this is not a good charity to align yourself with. And I would also say um, you don't have to sell me on the tendency of corporations to – like let me give you an example. Women in tech, it's very easy to go find someone like that will write a big check for uh, a women in tech luncheon with some gorgeous catering, right? Like I had one the other day and I have to tell you this is – this blew my mind that I'm sitting there at a women in tech luncheon – that was catered and paid for by Tinder, by Tinder, the company <laughs> that like kicked Whitney Wolf, the co-founder, out by like repeatedly sexually harassing her in the grossest way oh she could possibly imagine, kicking her out the door and erasing her entire existence. And they wrote a check for a catered lunch for women in tech. So you don't have to sell me on this idea that like corporations will are very uninterested in doing things that affect things structurally and very interested in doing window dressing. But, but 
I would say, not that I'm a big corporation, but I do understand what it's like to say anything on any issue, sure. like being very visible and getting so much hate thrown your way and getting so and just getting ripped to pieces where it's worth speaking up than if he said anything at all. And I have to say, like, Georgia, I, I don't know what you thought, but I saw these toys. I thought they were gorgeously designed. And I have to imagine that, like, there is value for a kid with autism in such a popular ecosystem to like feel like, hey, this is kind of normalizing people like me. That's awesome. Like we are now part of this. I mean, am I wrong about that? It's it's a really it's a really tricky subject because yes, maybe they are coming out and they're trying to do something good and it's it's hard to be educated about very difficult subjects. And so maybe they tried to say, you know what, we want people to talk about like like again, my issue with it is that it's not clear what they wanted what their goal was in launching this. And I think that that's where it gets murky. You know, where are they doing? What are they putting the money to what, for what reasonings? If it was there and they had said, listen, this is just to get people to talk about it. We want to be inclusive. We want to have kids that are dealing with many different types of issues to feel like we we also notice that you're there. I could get on board with it and say, oh, that's really nice. The The problem with it is when you don't know why, and it's it's not really clear that it can be very easily misinterpreted because if you're buying these toys and they say that they're giving this is to donate towards you know helping educate or helping like and you don't know where the money is going well it would be better to give it to an organization that you stand behind directly because then at least you know it's going directly there because everyone takes a little piece and then it goes there and so i think that you know it's it's nice to have people speaking about it and it's a wonderful way because a lot of kids play video games and I think that, you know, if this was done so that, you know, if there's a child with autism in your class that you will um, not exclude them and you'll understand a little more and you can talk about it and you can talk about it with your kids, um, you know, about if they have someone in the class, then that's a really nice idea. And I, I think then, then good on them for that. But you know, they've they've hooked up with one advocacy group, um, which, again, I don't know. Maybe they did not know, you know, there's always going to be some controversy for them. And I don't want, you know, if we're, we my worry is that we go down really hard on someone that maybe they were trying to do the right thing and they did it in the wrong way. You know, don't stop not doing this because you're worried that if you, you know, you give to something, you donate, you're trying to do the right thing, that then everyone's going to jump down your throat because you didn't do it in the perfect way. Um, but it's it's a really, you know, these are very, very difficult, complex subjects. And so, you know, if you're not clear about it, people are going to interpret it to their their own way and, and you don't know to that. And so I think that it's a it's one of these complex subjects that if it was, you know, to try to help make people feel inclusive awesome. They're, they're cute toys. Um, but again, when they say, well, we're going to be giving some, donating some money to, and then I, now I'm starting to go like, uh, like, are you trying to profit from this instead of trying to help? And it's okay to, you know, want to profit as well. I get it. That's the way that the world works, but it makes it a little bit more murky. Yeah. And, and, and to be clear, like, my problem in problem is probably a little bit strong. Like I'm not, I don't have a problem with them, with them doing this. And I, I mean, I work for a company that works on some of these campaigns and I understand that there's, you know, it, it's, 
the kind of thing that you do both because it's for a good cause and also because it helps your brand. And I understand that. And I don't have a problem with that. Um, my, my issue is the way that this is treating awareness in that it's just awareness that autism is a thing that we're kind of past that now. And the kind of thing that I would have loved for them to see with the platform that they have, and maybe if this is successful, maybe they can do it next year if they do another one is just some sort of a, uh, you know, they they roll out some downloadable content with some of these figures as they roll them out throughout the year. And, and it would have been great to see something that would have been able to use the platform to speak to the kids, like, in my daughter's classrooms who are, you know, who shy away from them when they get emotional at something that they shouldn't get emotional at. Or something is bothering them and it and it makes them react and you know like physically like sensory like something sensory like the noise in the classroom is too loud and they put their hands over their ears because it's too much for them help them understand what autism is so that it they can you know understand that and be more accepting of the kids in their classrooms who do have it because one in 68 kids is born with autism which means that chances are they're going to be in a class with someone with autism at some point between kindergarten and, and 12th grade. Steve, I, I, I have to say, though, like, you know, I, I see this so much in, you know, we're in similar circles because so often when you're talking about these women in tech issues, you're really talking about someone feeling respected and respecting their life experience. So I, I just want to take a moment and say, I hear where you're coming from on this, and I appreciate this. But with all respect, Skylanders is a toy line and a game. And I think, like, I think there are reasonable things to ask a game company that's trying to be inclusive for something that affects such a large percentage of children, like maybe check out the charity you're aligning yeah, yourself that, that would be, with. Yeah, that would be step one, that's yeah. That's reasonable. I, I have to say, though, if you're saying, like, I want Activision to educate other kids in my class about my daughter, that doesn't seem like a primary mission objective to me personally. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I can't imagine how they would do that. I mean, they could. They have storylines in these games, and they yeah, have okay. side characters. That's fair. That's they have fair. side characters yeah. who okay. have speaking roles, and that's all I'm saying. Is I'm sure. not saying, okay. that, yeah, I'm not saying you know have you know craft a whole thing. I'm just saying sure. you know you have they they include extra levels with storylines in these games, and if they if one of those characters happened to be on the autism spectrum and happened to be, they showed how someone with autism sometimes reacts differently to different stimuli than other people, you know, but they also have strength and can also contribute to the outcome of the mission. You know, that just a little thing like that would go so that, that's far. That's huge. That's that's a million times more important than toys. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's huge. That's, exactly. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Yeah, I think, like, we could do that for so many other things, right? Like, there was mm-hmm. a study that came out today that showed um, – you know, women heroes in games and movies, it's important to girls, yes, but actually science is showing it's more important to boys yeah. because it shows them that women can be in these other roles. So yeah, yeah, I, I think now that you're explaining to me what you're looking for, that that's very reasonable. And I feel like kind of they open the door with this, you know what I mean? Like if you're going to do autism awareness, if you're going to do something for autism awareness, that's great. Let's actually 
do something that improves autism awareness other than just putting out some color swap toys of toys that, and these toys already exist. They're just color swapped. Yeah. So, like, Trigger Happy and Splat are characters. Trigger Happy's been a character that's been in the game since the very first one. They've been there forever. All that it is is they're painting them different colors. They look great, but they're just painted differently. And it's the same thing that they do, like, for Easter. You know what I mean? So that that's where it's it's like, okay, you did something that's great, but it, it feels like there's so much more that a, video, a medium like video games could do, especially a, a series that like Skylanders, which speaks to so many children, that a little thing like that, that if you just took it like one more step, it would make such a difference, like in my daughter's lives particularly, especially yeah. like as we're getting to the age where we're starting to have conflicts with other children and there's this, they're, they're bullying situations that I don't even want to get into, but it, it's something that we're dealing with on a regular basis now. And just that kind of a thing would make such a huge difference. And and I'm hoping that they will be able to do that if this is successful next year. If your kids get bullied, you can tell your daughters to just say, I know Brianna Wu, and I will look <laughs> over the fence and give the death vision at those kids. Don't think that I won't. I would, I would totally do that. And then your lasers would burn them into oblivion and then problem solved. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm looking for revenge when I got picked on as a kid. So yeah. this will work out well go. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But, Georgia, do you have any like psychological thoughts on this, like as far as modeling and, and how that's useful? Sorry, for the, the video games or for bullying? For the video for- games. We don't, we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't <laughs> need to solve to model bullying. We're not yeah. going to solve bullying today. <laughs> that was a joke. What? Okay, just in case gamer gators are listening, that was a joke. <laughs> Just just want to be clear. Okay. Uh, I signed up to have bullying solved today, so if we don't get that done, then I need to leave. Yeah. Uh, we could have a full session just on bullying. Yeah. That, that's a, that's the next anxiety video. That will be the next yeah, that'll be one of the anxiety videos. No, I think that it I think that it's a great idea just to to normalize, just to have, you know, characters in games that are in many different varieties and differences, um, characters that are dealing with different disabilities as well. It, it normalizes it. It makes it be acceptable to be able to see different reactions. And kids are mimics. We are naturally made to be mimics. And that's why it's better not to do as I say, but they will do as you do. And so saying is fabulous, but the way that you interact, um, you know, in a game, in movies and in real life, it's exceptionally important. And so the lovely thing about games is that can be a passive way that you can be exceptionally helpful in learning how should you react instead of, unfortunately, right now we have a lot of those, you know, reaction videos of people laughing at other people that are having a a seizure or a panic attack or having an embarrassing moment. And what we do is we take a video post online and then we ridicule them. But if you see people that you know, take a step up and are caring and thoughtful or calming to someone that's in a distressful situation. That's how we learn that, you know what, that was a better way to react. And we we often do the wrong thing just because we've been acclimatized to that's what you do. And we have to take a step back of what should I do instead of what I do do. And I think that video games can be a really great method of being able to to reach people and games to that. And I think that that's one of the undercurrents of games that are exceptionally thoughtless in the way that they treat other people, orcs not included, um, that, you know, to be able to, to give a little peace and thought to that. And then people would learn that, you know what, 
that that would be really helpful to that. And, and I mean, you know, it's worth saying, I mean, Sesame Street's doing something similar. They're also partnering with Autism Speaks, but that's a different discussion. But they, you know, they do have <laughs> what? that. Oh, yeah, I know. Elmo. Yeah. Elmo, but so, I thought he was smarter than that. But but they are doing that with this Julia character that they introduced at the beginning of the season who is, you know, who's someone who's on the spectrum. And they, you know, they talk about how she, you know, she may not seem like she wants to play, but she does want to play, but she just doesn't have, she has a hard time, you know, being able to get herself into the group. And she may say the same thing as you, but with fewer words. And again, that's not necessarily emblematic of, of every person's experience on the autism spectrum, but even just something like that is something that can help to, especially at a young age, just kind of normalize it and not make it seem like somebody who's weird, but somebody who just act, reacts differently to things. And, and right. you know. Right. Yeah. Can, so. can I say, I love, 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 it's my favorite show on TV, the new Sesame Street on HBO. It's so good. I need to watch it. It's so it. good. I have not seen it. Oh, the production value. So Georgia, what they did is they got, and this is not a joke, they got a matrix cam and then turned no. it loose on Sesame Street. Really? So like it'll open up and like Elmo's blowing bubbles and then it's like Neo trying to dodge the bullet. And the <laughs> colors awesome. are Oh, it's That's so awesome. good. It's so good. The colors are so intense. It's like they burn through your redness and like fry your optic nerve. Oh, I love Acid that. Trip I love, Sesame Street. I oh, love my Sesame God. Street and I love Muppets. So uh, I love Cookie Monster. Love I have a ridiculous amount of love for Cookie Monster. So num, Frank num, num, will num, come num. home and I will just keep <laughs> watching the same Cookie Monster skit. He's great. I, I don't know. I I love Grover's. When I was little, I yeah. loved really? I love Elmo too. I know. I know. I do. Uh, I just think he's adorable uh, and cute. Let's just leave that there um and and i loved the muppets i loved like yeah i i, I don't know i have a i have a strange fascination with puppets as they are. i just love them <laughs> i think i think we're all we're all fans of the muppets here though i don't th- i think you're yeah. among friends yeah, it's okay to like the Muppets and all I love the things. The Muppets. That, I mean, I even like the ABC show that's on right now, even though it's pretty it's pretty awful. Serious question for you, Georgia. Have you ever used, um, well, if you can answer it, puppets or any kind of like stuffed animal or anything in therapy? I have. They work really well. They do. It's a wonderful thing, especially with kids, um, especially with kids that may be nonverbal or that may be having trouble to deal with. Um, having to, um, I think that art therapy, play therapy, drama therapy um, is nice because for kids when they're dealing with difficulty, what they can do is they they can get so much closer to a puppet and they can interact with it and they feel calmer and you can use cute voices that make feel make someone feel like they're in a safe, comfortable environment much faster than you can. And uh, we can laugh. And so it doesn't become the puppet becomes what they are dealing with instead of making all the eyes on them. And that's a lot of pressure that they have to speak and divulge and talk about difficult situations. And so I, I think that they're really healing and helpful. And I I love puppets now. I think that that would be great if I did a therapy session with someone and they had a puppet. I would be totally game for that. <laughs> that would be fully OK. Uh. <laughs> Um, so awesome. yes, they, they work really well. And a lot of people that work with kids, uh, use, um, toys or Lego or art or drawing or puppets or toys or dolls. And I think that that's really helpful. 
What if you dressed up as like a character from a horror movie, like like uh, Ghostface? Would that be good? Would that be good? No. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, please. So, so um, one of my I I love dealing with fears and phobias. I love it. And so there is a phobia called uh, kinemortophobia. Does anyone guess what that the phobia is of? Kinemortophobia. Yeah. Something with death. Kinemortophobia. Yeah. yeah. It is uh, the fear of zombies. Oh. Right? And I, I love, so like if someone has a fear of blood, we end up, we watch videos, we deal with it, and then we like make blood, we make fake blood. And I used to do um, like a little bit of like special effects and stuff like that. My brother owns a special effects shop, so I have like some of the coolest stuff. Anyways, that's why I am the way I am. Anyways, um, <laughs> so, so I was, I was so, anyway, so I've been waiting for someone to, to come in for, so that we can actually like dress up as zombies, watch The Walking Dead in the end, and then you end up like really enacting whatever it is what? so they can get as close as you can to getting yeah, such a over cool job. a fear. It's so awesome. Anyways, but my, my friend ended up getting the uh, person that was dealing with the fear of zombies. They're doing exceptionally well, by the way, <clears throat> but I'm slightly jealous because um, that would have been just, I think that like I, I have a lot of, we have a lot of fun dealing with fears and phobias and anxieties. You, it does not have to be a traumatic experience to go through. You enjoy it. It's exciting. And so, yeah, so, you know, sometimes it would be dressing up or doing something or reenacting something that we can make it as fun and um, relaxing as possible while dealing with the fear and phobia at the same time. So what would happen if somebody came in with the fear of orcs, Georgia? What would you do then? Oh, that would be that would be great. That would be great. I've never had anyone that had a fear of orcs as of yet. I'm still waiting for someone to come in that really wants to deal with the fear of roller coasters so we can go on roller coasters. Oh, I picked the wrong profession. Yeah, no, we've done airplane phobia. We've gone on airplanes. We hire an airplane. We go on it, um, fly it. Uh, that's so Truly. cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we really, um, we don't, you don't have to do that, go that far, but if we're going to do something, we really, we really deal with it. And, uh, so that someone can truly live the life that they deserve to live. And, um, and I'll say something else about about um, therapy is that, like, people that do therapy, like, it's an awesome thing to want to do better from your life. And most people live their lives and they stay whomever they are with any fears and issues and hurts and traumas that they have. And you don't have to. And it's like only like the top, you know, five to 10 percent of people that really want to better themselves. And that's an awesome, awesome thing. And so I, you know, my hat's off to anyone that's ever has the courage to be able to look at themselves really honestly and try to change it and make it better. So, um, you know, my hat's off to everyone that is willing to go on that journey because I think that it's scary and hard for most people, but it's so rewarding and you can live such amazing, fabulous lives um, if you allow yourself to. The other way I feel about it, Georgia, is I go to (laughs) therapy every week and I'm like, you know what? Damn it. I'm Brianna Wu. I'm worth $20 for my copay. I feel like working on, on me is worth $20. I deserve that. I'm awesome. But you, it's so true. It's, but it's so true. You are. Based, like, on, based on what you know about me, Georgia, do you think I would be a good therapist? Yes, I think that I think people... No, I think that... No, I would be terrible. I think... That again, you have to like do your own stuff, right? Like you have to, you can't, you have to make sure that like if I was, you know, if I still have a fear of phobia, I can't treat someone for that fear of phobia. You have to deal with helping someone only on the journey that you've had. But, 
people that have gone through stuff, I think, make the best therapists, people that are really honest, that will be really real with people. I think that um, that old, um, you know, someone that acts like they're perfect and they don't have anything wrong with them, I would not feel comfortable going to them and sharing my own story. But someone that's walked the walk, that's been through stuff, they make the best therapist. They really get it. And they would understand and empathize. And so um, I, I think that that's the, you know, some of the best therapists that I work with are people that have been through all kinds of, you know, difficult trials and tribulations and been able to make it through. And then they can help other people do that, too. I just I think I'd probably be in a situation where somebody's sitting there and they're like, hey, I don't want to leave my abusive husband. And I just I'd be like, leave. Just get out the door. Give me the phone. See, what see, are you thinking? You're I making a huge mistake. It's very real. I, I think you'd be great at helping people with phobias, Bree, because you just give them something to really be afraid of. And then that other thing won't look so bad anymore. That's right. Just jump out of the bushes when they're getting into their car to go to work. And, you know, see, now those spiders don't seem so bad now, do they? That's right. That's right. I should really get a Pennywise clown costume and just make it my daily Oh, that would uniform. be so scary. Yeah. yeah that would be great. That would be, that would be traumatic for me. I definitely have a little bit of a fear of clowns. So Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm not afraid of? What what are you not afraid of? Are you not are you not afraid of awesome things, Micah? I am not afraid of telling you about Clockwise Studios. This week's episode of Isometric is brought to you by Clockwise Studio. It's a small, independent board game maker. Clockwise Studios are on a mission to build and produce their own board games, and they're chronicling this process on their very own podcast. They're like us. It's called Talking Clockwise, and it follows the journey of two guys behind Clockwise Games, Corey and Billy, as they attempt to bring their ideas to life. But it's not all about them. Corey and Billy love to interact with their listeners to get topic suggestions and game ideas for the show. That's a lot like us here at Isometric, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're swinging epi- it every week. Every week, Micah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and each episode contains original music tracks that can be downloaded on their website. So I think that's something we need to take out of their playbook. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to start putting together some EDM, then we can have that downloaded. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear a deep, uh, like a deep house mix of whatever you're doing over there. Like just uh, put, a, put a snare drum on it and send it our way. We'll steal it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Clockwise Studios are also really excited to announce a Kickstarter campaign for Six-Sided Summoner. It's a new and unique dice project that they've been working on. They have four different designs based on fantasy monsters to help bring your games to life. They have information about the project on their website, that's thinkingclockwise.com, as well as all the details about the Kickstarter backing tiers. Backer rewards include sets of dice, exclusive playtesting opportunities, and handmade dice rollers. You can find out more about the Talking Clockwise podcast and Six-Sided Summoner Dice by visiting thinkingclockwise.com. Thank you so much to Clockwise Studios for their support of this show and all of Relay. Yeah, you know it. Okay, Micah, I have to tell you about this because I just got these dice sent to my house. Uh, so, so exciting. Okay, so I have to tell you, like, do you know how when you watch Indiana Jones, like, he has that that old world bag, like, and he's carrying it with them, uh, right? Yeah. So this is what, like, your dice come with. Like, this came to my house last night, and it's, like, in this awesome case that... 
it's totally handmade what? and then like you you open it up and it's like these dice inside of it with these cool designs and stuff on it so i'm gonna carry these around my bag just so anytime because <laughs> i have conflict with people all the time so i want to just be able to pull it out and like what what micah you don't like it? okay fine we're gonna see who's right here okay call a number between uh like uh pick odds or even okay uh odds Three and five. Oh! Yes! I win! I win! Brianna wins the conflict. What? You can win your own conflict everywhere in your life with this awesome product. You which can Indiana I endorse. Jones the heck out of somebody. It's really cool. It's really, it's awesome. Like, so they weren't lying when they said handmade then. You really do get a handmade bag? I mean, as best as I can tell, I mean, you know... I have a lot of cheap stuff. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, Me too. Most of my stuff anyone. is really cheap. This is nice. Like, I'm totally going to throw this in my uh, bag and just carry it around. Oh, that's so, cool. And, I mean, yeah. so these what, – what kind of dice are they, actually? Is it like they're, they're all like the six-sided dice that you So can... the ones they sent me are six-sided, and mm-hmm. they have these really cool, like, designs on it. But what I love about it is, you know, it's like when you go to, like, a developer event and someone, like, pulls out, like, a really – fancy $3,000 Mac, uh, you know, Retina MacBook, like, you know, they're really into this. So mm-hmm. it's like, if you were playing D&D and you rolled with these and you just mm-hmm. busted it out, it would be like, that's a good D&D player. And I'm not. So <laughs> I need to like fake it any way I can. So Exactly. You just, right. you have to have like real life augmentations for your yeah, character. Right. No, that's, so that's, that's actually really awesome because I, uh, I just started playing D&D not too long ago and I don't have my own uh my own dice i've been using the dungeon masters because he's nice enough to give us some but i would really like to have like some of my own and i'd been looking online but uh i might get this just like to have the dice roller that i can then drop in the other ones that i get and then use these cool six-sided summon and so one thing that i really like about this is the idea that you know you have these six uh dice and like the point of playing dungeons and dragons and all these other kind of board games is to like get together with friends and stuff and so i like the idea that i could take these and kind of pass them out to all of my friends and then you know everybody gets one and there's like a really nice i don't know group bonding thing yeah yeah totally all right all right we need to get to another topic but hold on okay micah mecca donald trump is behind you call odds (laughs) or even evens Oh no, Mecca Donald Trump ah, got you. You're doomed. He's it was making six America and one. great again. Oh, oh. <laughs> it was real tragic. <laughs> oh dear. These already sound like a bundle of fun. You have to go to Clockwise Studios. That's thinkingclockwise.com and check out these dice. So should we answer some questions from listeners before no, we... No, uh, we got to talk about Twilight Princess. Oh, okay. Questions. Okay. We got to talk about Twilight Princess. Oh, my God, Georgia. It's <laughs> another week where we pressure you to go to Wii U. Let's no, do this hey, thing. Georgia. Georgia. Let's don't, do it. Are you afraid okay. of Wii U's? Because the only way to not be afraid of them is to get one and play right. with it for exposure right. therapy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Buy a Wii U, Georgia Dow. <laughs> Buy a Wii U. Buy it. Wow. Buy it. 18 weeks brief. straight of pressure. Um... <laughs> It is. It was 17 weeks last week. Now it's 18. Um, I'm going to go to Bree to talk about my Wii U. So it's actually been, I think it's actually been something closer to 97 weeks if we're really counting, but that's beside the point. Wait, is that like longer than we've been podcasting? No, that's, this is episode 97, which is why I'm saying. Oh, is it? (laughs) Wait, but the Wii U wasn't even a thing then. It sure was. We talked about it in our very first episode, Georgia Dow. We all. We did. But no one had one then, right? I had one. Oh. 
Well, I guess that doesn't really mean anything. Let's move along. I'm, I'm, what is I it about this Twilight too. Princess? All right, all right. So I want, I want to talk about Twilight Princess. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah, I want to get serious for a minute okay. here. So when when Twilight Princess first uh, came out, it was right after my parents disowned me, and I'd been homeless for quite a while. Uh, it was this one got the dark most, really fast. Yeah, it, well, it's, yeah, I'm just being real about why this game yeah. it really matters to me. Um, so, you know, like right before it, I, I'd been starving and like sleeping in my car for months. And eventually, through the help of a friend, I did manage to like get back on my feet. I got my first job and I actually worked at GameStop uh, for quite a while selling video games. Really made me double down in my engineering career. I'll tell you that. Like, I'm like, oh, if I don't get serious, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life. So, so inspirational job. In it that really way. is. Yeah. I, I'm not what joking. You did not want to do for a very long oh, period of time. God, it was such hard a bad work. job. It was hard. It was oh hard. my god. I I have to say, like, until I had that job, I had no idea just how much violent, inappropriate content parents will <laughs> eagerly buy for their oh, yeah. children. Yep. Because you'll be sitting there talking to them, and they'll be like, oh, so my, my kid wants Saints Row. Uh, that's a good game, right? No, not really. Yeah, but they really want Saints Row. <laughs> so, like, that's the way it goes. Um, so, when you work at GameStop, um, you think, like, Hey, you know, this is going to be great. I'm going to get to play games all day. The truth is you make so little money, you can't afford any video games, which is very Aww. sad. So, um, you know, although they'll let you bring them home sometimes and bring them back, which is why the, the things are open sometimes when you buy them. So I couldn't afford a Wii and I could not play Twilight Princess. And all Christmas this one year... All I heard was this Twilight Princess commercial on repeat all through the summer season, all for 12-hour days straight. It was like all in my face. It was like, Twilight Princess, Twilight Princess, on we, we, goodbye, goodbye. And I'm like, oh, I can't buy it because I can't afford it. I'm trying to not starve to death. So I've always wanted to play this game. I've always desperately wanted to play this game. So it finally came out, and yeah, I got the deluxe version with the, um, with the character. I'm like... What on earth is this this amiibo? It's like got a wolf and it's got like this this girl character on top of it. I'm like, what's going on? And I put it in my Wii U and I started playing it. And I I have to tell you guys, this is the most magical, charming Zelda I think I've Aww. ever played. And I love it so much that even though I had work to do yesterday, I did nothing but just play through it all day. So um, stylistically, it's like um, you have to remember the Zelda that came before this was Wind Waker, which kind of had this cartoony style. So going into it, I was like, well, Link is going to look like an adult most of the time. Like I've seen the skeletal mesh. But no. It is like it is really close to Majora's Mask in that kind of like creepy, weird uh, sense of everything, and it has this breakout character who's called Midna, and I cannot even like Steve. How would you describe Midna? Or have you have you even uh, played this game? I, it's been a really long time, and and oh. honestly, it's the problem with. Twilight Princess for me is it took so long to ramp up that I never really yep. got very far into it. 
Yeah. Uh, Midna's kind of I, I agree with that. I agree with that. It took yeah. a really long time. Midna's yeah. kind of this demon-like imp character almost, I guess oh, you would describe yeah. her as. Yeah. She's so quirky. So she, you know, it's funny because most of the time in games, like women characters tend to fit like one of a few archetypes. Like, you know, you've got tough soldier or princess or love interest and girlfriend. And Midna is not like any character I've ever seen. And she has a huge following, I learned, in like the, the, the queer community because she's just like so... She's so zany, and she's got, like, all these awesome gay overtones to her, and she just talks in this weird cadence. She Her design is so cool, because she has, like, this stone thing over one of her eyes and then the other, and she's, like, talking to Link. She's like, you must do everything I say. <laughs> it's it's just wonderful. It's wonderful. So, um, I, I don't know. Like, Steve, are you going to end up getting this and giving another go? Or yeah, have I have it coming from Gamefly, so so I okay. ended up keeping because okay. uh, I GameFly Fire Emblem and I ended up keeping that. So yeah. I'm gonna be. I, it's on its way. It hasn't gotten here yet, but I'll I'll give it another try. I think that the one thing that will help me a little bit, which sounds silly, but is being able to play it off TV will probably help me. You can't um, play it off TV. Sorry. Oh, you can't. Nope. You can't play it with the gamepad off TV. I thought I was reading some places you could. Huh. If if you can, I must have messed it up because I tried to do this the other day and it only gave me my mini map. And I pushed every button on that controller trying to get oh. it to work. So oh, maybe wow. I missed it. But yeah, because yeah. sometimes you have to put it into a different mode that'll let you play it off TV, like in the options or something. But I'll, no. I'll see it hopefully. But if not, then that's going to make it really difficult because that's the other reason that I haven't really gotten very far in Wind Waker since we uh, since we went through it. But I'm going to give it another shot and see. I mean, I, I want I've been kind of doing that with all of the. Zelda games like Majora's Mask still hasn't really grabbed me when I played it through on the 3DS again. Like it's still the same things that bothered me about it the, the first time. The problem with that game though is I've played through Majora's Mask in the meantime yeah. and I've learned why I don't like that game. It's a bad game design. Not enough pandas. Not enough pandas <laughs> is a really big problem, Georgia. No, um, it doesn't really funnel you down any kind of path. The beauty of Zelda is when it traps you in an area until you can figure out, like, the mechanics of it. Majora's Mask drops you in this giant open world, unless you're sitting there, like, going through a game FAQ, it's just not any, you know, that's not a way I want to play a game, right? Like, I want that sense of discovery. So this is this is structured, it's not aimless, but it has all the charm of that really dark art style. You know, I, I appreciated Wind Waker a lot more the second time that I played it, so I'm hoping that this is going to be um gonna be the same thing i mean it's i kind of got less and less through the zelda games the 3d zelda games as they came out like i played more of wind waker than i played a twilight princess and like skyward sword i don't even think i got through the tutorial before i rage quit it that that was all also pre my add diagnosis and i know that those games are not good for me you know when i'm not when i'm not on my add medication because you can't play zelda and not be paying attention to every little detail so we'll see if it'll if it'll go a little bit better. I guess by the time that we record, it'll be almost two weeks from now. So we'll I'll have a much better report by the time that we uh, we record next. So, Micah, have you ever played a Zelda game all the way through? Have I ever told you uh, the GameCube story? No. Okay, so <laughs> I, I wanted to make sure because I didn't want to tell this story twice. Um, <laughs> Zelda and I have a disagreement, and it's because of my family. 
So long time ago in a galaxy, no, uh, a long time ago, I was playing Ocarina of Time uh, for the first time. It was when I was young. Um, and I had played it all the way until um, Link jumps into the future. And of course, like the town is, there are zombies everywhere and the town is gross, yada, yada, yada. Um, And I put down the game for the night and I came back the next day. And when I booted up the game, um, for some reason... I had started all the way over. My character was gone. My saved file was gone. Everything was gone. Uh, And I was like, what happened? So I spent, you know, an hour uh, being upset about it. But then I went back and sat down and started playing again. Well, I kid you not, this happened. I I played through until I was an adult three more times. like over the course of the next month or so. And every time, for some reason, when I came back, it would be reset. And so I thought Uh there was like some glitch with the game. No, it turns out that um, my dad had informed us um, that you should never, ever, under any circumstances, uh, pull out the memory card of the GameCube while the GameCube is on. Mm -hmm. And because he said you should never, ever do that, my little brother decided that, well, of course now I have to do that so for an entire month my little brother was erasing my entire zelda uh uh, time game over and over and over again so every time i pick up and like see a zelda game i just get infuriated so i I haven't played it ever since (laughs) i love that you take it out on the zelda game but what did you do to your poor brother uh, well, my little brother got a nice, uh, a nice talking to from me, but I, uh, I just, it's like, you know, it's the same thing, Georgia, when you were talking about, like, there is a certain song that you can't listen to anymore because it was the alarm. And so like it would, now you have like negative connotations with it yes. or negative feelings toward yeah. that song with Zelda. I just have this feeling of rage that creeps back inside of me. And I like, I'm feeling it right now thinking about how for a doggone <laughs> Maybe you need Georgia to help you through your Zelda phobia. That's and- what it is. <laughs> so, so Georgia, you buy a Wii U. I will come over to your house, <laughs> and we will both deal with our. Uh, th- uh, we'll both go through therapy, exposure therapy. That doesn't sound like the worst of cases, really. Yeah, I think that can be convincing enough, that could be uh, convincing for, enough. for the husband. <laughs> oh yeah, Anthony and Zelda, yeah. like they are like best friends. So. <laughs> so then why does he not why have you do you not have a Wii U in your house if Zelda and he are best friends? Apparently they're not such good friends, Georgia. Apparently apparently, <laughs> apparently they need to they need to have a reconciliation to be able to get through this. A reconciliation involves the purchase of a Wii U. <laughs> you got everyone can tweet out to him about uh, We've tried about that. that. He's got like he's got a mind of steel. Yeah, he only has like ninety followers. He's like You know what I just realized? <laughs> There are those weird um, follower things that you could do that Mike Hurley was like complaining about a long time ago, uh, where he someone some one of the listeners had like bought him followers. Oh yeah, the bot followers would be upset. Buy him followers. <laughs> that would be oh, hilarious because it would kind of force his hand. <laughs> right? Maybe maybe we Careful should think what you about doing. <laughs> <laughs> be like i have all these followers like i have fifteen thousand followers 15, and they're all named bots. x2753 <laughs> 
So yeah, that's the answer to the question. Yes. Speaking <laughs> speaking of followers, should we uh, should we answer some questions from listeners before we uh... please? But be- before we before we get to questions, uh, let's let's we teased this last week. I want to oh, yeah. I want to talk about our uh, our big announcement on the show. So again, I just want to be really clear, everybody. We're not going anywhere. But um, you know, when Maddie left the show, um, something I think listeners didn't may not realize is we had had a lot of discussions behind the scenes for a really long time. And, you know, we had talked about how we felt that like doing game news every single week, it had gotten the show to be a bit dark. Um, you know, at the time I was going through Gamergate every single week and it's just like, we, we felt this pressure to comment on it week after week after week about these stories that the, the game media just simply will not touch. Um, and you know, there were times that like the, the show got so serious, it was not fun for us doing this. So when Maddie left isometric, like we missed her. We, we still miss her. We have nothing professional respect for Maddie. But um, I feel like the show has been more fun lately. I mean, Micah, you bring a really joyous, fun aspect to the show. I feel like you bring out the best in Georgia. And the show has just been more fun lately, right? Like you all, no, it you really all has feel that, yeah, right? It yeah. sounds like it's, it was an intervention. <laughs> <laughs> we really needed to bring out the best in Georgia, Micah, right. so we had to call right. in the I professional. Yeah. Right. No, I'm saying it was, you know what I mean? And oh, yeah. What, yeah. what we felt behind the scenes is, you know, Micah, with you being here, it really is a new era for yeah. Isometric. It's almost a new show. And, um, you know, we had some really big questions behind the scenes because, like, Micah, you were not a hardcore gamer, right? Like, right. Uh, exactly. you know, you don't play Street Fighter, you don't like really play games a lot and you know really put us in a bind where we were like are we going to keep doing a video game show every single week um you know are we going to like cancel isometric like you know because you really were the very best person that we looked at to fill this role and what we found is we had so much fun just being on the show and you know this is my theory about isometric the people listen to isometric because they like to have fun with us Mm -hmm. they generally like games but they just like the fun jovial atmosphere where we really care about stuff and we talk about serious things like autism matters so um our hundredth episode is coming up and what we are going to do is we're going to uh, sunset the isometric podcast and we are going to start a new podcast that very week. So like, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Mike is still going to be here. I'm still going to be here. You don't even get a week off from us. You don't even get a week <laughs> off. But, but the idea behind it is, um, just to speak completely bluntly here, my podcast Rocket makes a lot more money than Isometric. It happens just because um, you know Isometric is a tech pod, is a video game podcast, and Rocket is a a tech podcast overall. Mm-hmm. So we are going to widen out Isometric a bit, and we're still going to talk video games. Like this week's show still would have been about me talking about Twilight uh, Princess, but we want to widen it out a bit, and um, frankly, make better use of Georgia talking about. About psychology and talking about different things in the video game industry. So, like a few weeks ago, you guys um, called us up and we had a, a listener that gave us a, a very serious uh, 
like situation with trying to decide if you know he was going to pursue his dream of like launching an indie game company or stay in Mississippi. And we kind of played that question back on the show and answered it. Mm-hmm. We want to do a mix of that going forward. So this rapport that I hope I hope you like our rapport on the show, that's not going anywhere. Um, you know, some video game news, it's definitely not going anywhere. Um, but we're going to widen it out and we're going to talk uh, about tech overall. And frankly, we're going to be taking more questions from listeners and um, you know, kind of giving you guys feedback. So that's uh, that's where we're going. And the name of the show, uh, should we should we break it right now or I, make people wait? I think we'll make people wait. Let's, we let's should make, make people them wait. wait. Let's make yeah. them wait, and then we You've can. You've got to wait. We're not <laughs> telling you yet. But, yeah. but you'll. Yeah. I think you'll find that it's. Uh, it, it's very in line with show. I love, yeah. I love the new name. Yeah. Me I too. love the new name. I think it's awesome. And I like we already have like the art for it too. And I love yeah. that too. Uh, it looks like, so I cool. love it. I want it already on a t shirt now. I can't I like we can't it. order it yet. I though, love it. Yeah. I want um, it. Not yet, no. And and just some, you know, some administrivia things. Like if you are sponsoring isometric, they're gonna roll that over to the new show uh you will have to subscribe to a new feed but we'll tell you you know well in advance where that is and you can subscribe to the new feed so the the last show in this feed will be 100 we're going to wrap it up at a nice round number and then the next week will be new show number one and then you'll go and subscribe to a new feed but it's still going to be us it's still going to be this it's just going to be on a new feed with a new name that's all it's going to be this for those Yes. For those outside, I mean, so rather, <laughs> rather for those uh, who've been here longer than I have, um, welcome to another another uh, feed change for you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, that's I know true. that you. Yeah, yeah. They came over yeah. from five by five, uh, yeah. and we appreciate it. It's been like six yeah. months, so we can't keep the same feed for that much longer than six months. Right. Actually, it's almost right. a year that since we. Uh, it's the beginning of April that we came on to relay originally, so it'll be around yeah. around that time too. So yeah. nice. Yeah. You know, I just want to say really quickly, uh, coming onto the show was absolutely like blow away. Awesome. Um, I, we were, I, you were paid had, to say that, weren't you? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I have my Panda bucks in front of me. Uh, and so that's why I'm saying this message, but no, seriously. Um, when I was asked to be a guest on the show, I was actually at work at the time, uh, when I got some messages from Brie and my heart almost stopped. I was so, I was like, wait, did I read that right? Hold on. <laughs> let me do a double check, a triple check, quadruple check. And it said what I, what I thought it said. And and I was ecstatic to come on as a guest of the show. Um, I came on and guested, and then some some things happened. So they asked me back on, and I was like, "This is awesome!" Um, and then they, I mean, you guys asked me to to stick around for for the rest of it too. And you know, I want to thank the listeners out there who took the time to send feedback in and said that they liked what I was bringing to the table because that's the reason I'm here. Um, you know, we all very much care about the people who are out there listening to. The this show very much. I mean, without you, this show doesn't really mean a whole lot. And, you know, I just want to thank everybody who does take the time to, to reach out and, you know, send tweets or, or, uh, send emails or comment or what have you about what you like about the show or like a joke that we might've brought up or whatever. It's just, it's been fantastic. And now there's even more of a chance, um, you know, all of you out there who, who want your time on the show, you can, you can get that now. Uh, and so I just really encourage everybody, you know, even if it's something silly, even if it's uh, a question that doesn't now, you know, you're not trapped to just talking about video games. If you have a question, 
question at all about anything, uh, feel free to ask. You know, there's no limit here to the questions that you can ask as long as they're pithy. Um, so keep them pithy, but, you know, bring any questions to the table. And uh, especially if they are about uh, George's illicit activities, because, yes. you know, those are questions that we really have to ask. Or, or her lack uh, of new ownership. We also want serious questions. Yeah. We also want oh, for serious sure, questions. For sure. And, you know, this is the real trick. So when we were setting up the the, the call system with some of our earlier isometric listeners, um, we had some real serious problems with, like, getting them off of, of uh, like, you know, voicemail and bringing them onto the show. We have our pipeline worked back out. So, Steve, what's our what's our number one more time? Do you it, know it? 339-368-8319. Okay. So, you know, call us on there. Like, yeah. send, us, send us questions. This format will not work without you, without mm-hmm. the listeners. And, you know, like, we've got Georgia on hand. She is far underutilized on this show. It's like a laugh track for my nonsense. Like, let's bring out the awesome. Yeah. Let's bring out the awesome. Let's let her. I mean, there's no one else. There are stupid people in podcasting that could do my role. There are stupid no. people everywhere. No. But there's no Georgia Dow. No so, one can be you know? Bree. No Only one we can have be Georgia Bree. Dow. Yeah. Remember when Bree was gone? Yeah, no, those were, those were dark days. Don't do that again. Dark that days. was that was bad. So. <laughs> I listened to those shows. They weren't really good. So <laughs> I did. Oh. I listened to. It. I'm like, oh god. I hope they don't fire me or come to the conclusion. Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> so, oh good. my lord. Uh, so, do we want to like answer in the in the spirit of this do we have time to answer like one question yeah and then we'll, I do we'll one. just do one question yeah because <laughs> yeah we don't have any more any more voicemails because we were, we're recording this like literally like an hour after we released uh, the last episode yep, the last but, one. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, did, i've got a good one i've got a okay good one. go ahead hey guys i have a question for brie what general advice would you have for someone that's interested in entering the indie scene but has no experience in the industry are there books you would recommend is there an engine you would prefer also, could you tell Maddie I miss her a whole lot? Thank you much, everyone. I love you all. And uh, this was from Jason. He says we can uh, read his name on the air. So let's get first yeah. things first. Uh, Micah, I need for you to pretend to be Maddie for a minute here, okay? Can you okay. pretend? Uh, okay. All right. All right. I'm doing it. Jason misses you. That's cool. <laughs> I'm just, you know, trying to have a, a blase, you know, it's, it's cool or whatever, but, uh, I got to yeah. go back and play some street fighter now. So need to head out. That's a very valuable impression. Oh. So that's very good. Thank you. Very that, good. that was almost as good as George's impression of Bree. So that's, that, that was pretty good. So, yeah. Sometimes I can't tell the difference between the two of them. So listen, straight talk with you here. Um, I am honestly not that smart a person. I, I am not. My main quality is I'm very, very stubborn. I don't have a degree in game dev. I've never taken a class in game dev. Um, my only like background in this is what I call butt-in-chair time, where I got mad that I couldn't do something, and I sat there in the chair until I figured out how to do it. So if I were trying to learn this, um, I would probably sign up for you know, digital tutors, which is now Pluralsight, um, or I would like go get download the Unreal Engine. I would just watch a tutorial. And sit there, watch a tutorial, say to yourself, I'm going to figure out how to do one thing today. I'm going to figure out how to do a blueprint to, like, 
count the number of times I walk into this zone and just sit there and figure it out. There is no like don't trick yourself into like going back to school for like some fancy game dev degree, like full sale university. Just try it. Just try it and see if you like it. And like don't give up. My job is honestly not as hard as people think it is. Like I know I use some big words on this show sometimes, but like you, you pick this stuff up automatically just by by hanging out with other game devs. So there's no way to get into the indie scene except but to just sit down and do it. I mean, honestly. So Bree, is there it would someone who's just getting into it be better off doing 2D versus 3D or does it not make a difference really? I think whatever you're passionate about, you can figure out yourself. Um, you know, 3D, I think a really good analogy for it is learning Maya is like learning Photoshop squared. And, you know, doing 3D art is just simply an order of magnitude more expensive and more difficult. But there's also the problem that you're competing with a lot of, you know, 2D games. So, um, you know, honestly, Revolution 60 is the first game I ever made. I didn't go to any game jams, uh, you know, like is the first game I ever made in my life. And I aimed very, very high that first time. So I think most people would have crashed and burned if they tried to do something like that. Um, but, you know, it's you've got to find out whatever you're passionate about. Like for me, Amanda is very, very, very passionate about animating. For me, I am, like, obsessed about UIs and, like, script and voice acting and music and, like, uh, texturing and level design. And I found stuff that I was very passionate about, and I specialized in that. There is no way you can learn everything in game dev. You just absolutely couldn't. You could live a thousand years and not learn everything there is to know. So find some area of it that you really care about and just get out there and do it. It's not hard. Boom. There you go. That's <laughs> yeah. it. So you so have your game ready for us by next week and then we'll Yeah, yeah. we'd love to take a look. <laughs> we'll 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 play them and tell you. Georgia, what is it? What do you think? Like what holds people back from like like what psychologically do people need to know about like pursuing big dreams like this? I think the biggest thing is fear. People are scared yeah. of trying new things. They're scared of taking a risk. They're scared of making a mistake. Um, and so I think that that's one of the biggest things that holds people back from jumping onto a new career, a different career, a career that may not be something that is tried or true or thought of as exceptionally stable. And so what you have to think about is what would be your bigger regret? Would it be a larger regret for you to have um, – tried something and it didn't work out or would it be a larger regret looking back on your life saying I wish I had at least tried it and so that gives you a really good perspective of what is truly the larger risk because a lot of people like failure is normal part of life and yeah you might try it and it might not work out but if you really care about it and you enjoyed you're going to learn something from it whenever someone learns something new you're not going to be good at it that's what learning is all about and there's nothing wrong with that and so if you're able to eat then you should follow your passions and dreams and not let anything stop you and unfortunately Often people give you other fear-based advice, and you don't want to listen to fear-based thinking from others. Sometimes it's well-meant, but it's it's really not going to help you out. 
you want to be able to think of things clearly, to have a set deadline, to think about how long you're going to pursue something, how are you going to be able to maintain a certain quality of lifestyle while you do that. So you want to look at things realistically. But I think that people are are happier even if they failed at something, but at least they gave it their shot because then they won't have regret. And regret is one of those sadnesses when you look back on your life. And I think that most elderly patients that I have say that if they could redo something, they would have taken more risks. They would have followed their dreams. They would have given it a shot. And so you want to make sure that you live with the least amount of that um, Still, of course, you know, making sure that you and your family have food on the table at the same time. But but don't take as many risks as I do. Like you want to lessen <laughs> it. Like find the find the sweet balance. Like learn from my mistakes. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying that I mean the fear in something like this is I mean, even if you fail, you're still coming out of it with a set of skills that are very valuable. Even if you're not exactly. able to necessarily make a game that you're gonna publish yourself, you still have there's still a a limited number of people with that skill set, and that's still something that's bettering yourself and making yourself more marketable within the game industry or otherwise. Yes. So it's there's still benefit to trying, even if the end result isn't necessarily that you have a game published in the App Store or in Steam or whatever. Yeah, and congratulations for wanting to take that jump. Like, good for you. And asking other people that have already uh, taken the path and walked from them so you can learn from that. Um, when I wanted, I was a teacher before I was a therapist. And uh, Really? I, yeah, yeah, I was a teacher. Um, and I was like, I like teaching a lot, but it's not my thing. Like, it's not, I, I don't really care about teaching or curriculum. I just want everyone to feel better. And I was like... Uh oh, you know, <laughs> Anthony. And so I'm like Anthony. Uh, you know, I was offered this really nice job for teaching, and he's like, "That's great." And I'm like, "But I think that I really want to go back to school and be a therapist." And um, and he was great. He was like, "Okay, well then, go back to school Aww. and do it." And all I, the reason that I knew that it was right for me was that I said, even if I had only one client, um, I would be happy with that. And that would make it would be a better fit for me. And so that's how I knew that it was worthwhile doing it. I was happy just being on the right path, even though I wasn't even when I went through school, I enjoyed just going to the classes to become a therapist and, you know, that's awesome through all of it. And so I'm happy that I didn't play in that way the safe route. And sometimes the safe route is the better route for you to play to. Like you have to, it, you have to know where you feel comfortable with risk assessment. And everyone is different. If you are a Type A personality, you're probably going to lean towards more risk is better for you in a personality yeah. wise. If you are more Type B, <laughs> you are probably going to be a little bit more comfortable dealing with something that is more tried and true. And we need people that are all different. And so don't feel bad about that if that does not fit you. But for me, um, I lean more towards, you know, wanting that. And that made me really happy. And, and it worked out for me because of that as well. Get on a rocket ship to Mars tomorrow. Do it or don't do it, Georgia Dow. <laughs> Just make sure that rocket's not going to the sun is all. Yeah. Yeah. Would you go to, seriously, if there were a rocket to Mars tomorrow and you got to colonize Mars, would you do it? Now that I have kids, I wouldn't. But if I didn't oh, have kids, I would Oh, Georgia. Yeah. She has kids. Yeah, that's why. Because I would not... I wouldn't leave them. Like, it's just not even a maybe. I wouldn't leave them. Can they come with you? 
Yeah, you can go like Micah. Would you go or stay? If I if I can bring if I can bring my dogs with me, and you I see, guess Shane. there we go. You see, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I couldn't just go alone. There's no way I could just go alone. I just want one of my was, dogs. I could have went alone a, before before my family. I could have went alone, and that would have been like awesome. And my husband's the same way. He like always wanted to be an astronaut, so he would definitely do it, even if it's like a one way trip. He would be on it. Um, yeah. but he's a geologist too, so like that's like. Steve, yeah. I would ask you, but I know what the answer is. Well, well so, but, but the answer isn't exactly what you're thinking because I have this oh. – see, since we're talking about fears, I have this irrational fear of asphyxiating in space. Oh. It is very irrational because that's probably not going to happen. Exactly. To and it's like – but even just thinking about like, you know, be like, like the movie Gravity, like even the trailers just like gave me anxiety. Because, oh, wow. like, right. just thinking about that and thinking about, like, you know, floating away and... You'd probably freeze to death first and then implode, just so that you know. That's, well, that's, that's very uh, comforting. Thank you. <laughs> Look, if, if, NASA, if NASA came to me today and they said, Micah, here is a ticket to Mars. It's got your name on it, it's got Shane's name on it, and it's got Henry and Mizzy on it, which are my dogs, <laughs> for those who don't know. Dogs. I'd be like, all right, let's do it. I, I would have, that would be so awesome. A, yeah, A, space dogs, and B, like getting to colonize another planet. Yeah, if I, if I asphyxiate on the way there, then that does <laughs> suck, but I would take the risk because God, would that not be so cool to be among the first people to colonize another planet? And on top of that, like sending back selfies of me with like my dogs and and we're standing next to a moon, I mean, a Mars rock. Oh, that'd be so cool. I don't know. I don't even like driving into Boston, so it's, <laughs> it's too far for me. Well, well, we could all at least what we could do is we could all try out Go places, though, by going on the Vomit Comet. Oh, those, those, yeah. those planes. Yeah. This is a good time to talk and about that memberships. Would be awesome. <laughs> Subscribe to Relay's membership program so we can afford the vomit comment. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like, it's like 5K. We need it's a lot so of expensive. memberships. Uh, that's a lot of vomit, Georgia. <laughs> I, don't think I, would, I don't think I'd be one of the vomiters. I'm pretty good with that. I don't know. Five kilos. I don't know. That would be awesome, though. It's, uh, it's on my bucket list. Oh, it would be, it really would Your be awesome. Your bucket list must be like th- either a mile long or like three lines by this point, because I don't know, <laughs> I don't know other than, other than training a Falcon, like what it is that you haven't done yet. So <laughs> what haven't you done, Georgia? Yeah. Uh, I haven't you, gone to how the dare you? Caves in Mexico where they have crystals that are the size of buildings and walked around them. That'll be closed down soon. That's on your that list. It's on my list. It's on my it's list. It's getting closed down. It, well, it's people, people. We damage them, so they, well, I would great. assume that they'll only be so long that people will be allowed to. You know what's on my bucket list? Seeing this Democratic primary tonight. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> so in that in that in that case, then you can uh, find the show notes for the show and every show. At, le- at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. Uh, call in your questions to 339-368-8319 or email them to feedback at isometricshow.com. We will take them either written or uh, as voicemail attachments. Either one is fine. Uh, or you can DM them to the Twitter account. Whatever is convenient for you, we will take them and read them on the show. Uh, as long as they're pithy and, you know, no bad words or anything. And uh, we are, as always, part of the Amazing Relay.fm network where you can find other shows like Bree's other show, Rocket, and some other shows that I'm not allowed to talk about. And uh, you can find all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And Bree, where can people find you? Oh, my God, I'm behind you right now. Look out.
on Space Cat Gal. <laughs> in Georgia, where can people find you? Uh, anxiety-videos.com and Georgia underscore Dow on Twitter. And chickenparts.org. Oh, God. Yes, chickenparts.org. <laughs> Go check that out. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. And, Micah, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Samus Clone on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, you can also find me at Micah Sargent on Twitter, where I'll be screaming at Georgia. Georgia! Oh, no, no. Bye, OEU! No. <laughs> uh, so thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for Clockwise Studios for sponsoring this episode. And Isometric Workers, transform and roll out. <laughs> Get your hand dirty.